Welcome to my podcast. It has many different names, many different topics, and because of who I am, it always seems to be shifting and changing. So welcome to my podcast. Today I want to talk about mailing a letter and expectations. One of the things about now in our greatly technologically advanced society is that we have been allowed to create expectations about how quickly things can happen. And so instead of thinking of things in terms of planting a seed, watering, nurturing, and allowing for that seed to develop into something that then produces a fruit or a flower or some other thing that we then use, we've been given this idea, the illusion, if you will, that things can happen almost instantaneously. We can drive through a fast food restaurant um, or a coffee house and get our food hot, ready to go in a matter of moments. Whereas if we had to cook it ourselves, we know that it would take significantly longer to accomplish that. So this is one of those things where we talk about expectations and manifestations. And again, this is something that in our technologically advanced world, we don't typically think about very often. Now, I'm a boomer, happy to say that. Um, and one of the differences is that when I was growing up, we didn't have all of this technology, obviously. Uh, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have cell phones. Um, and when you wanted to communicate with someone far away, you could call them on the phone. Um, sometimes you had to pay long distance for that. And mostly what we would do is we would write letters. This was one of the original forms of communication that extended beyond our our limited borders, if you will. We didn't have to travel. If we didn't or couldn't travel, then we could send a letter. So there's a process in writing a letter and there's a format. It used to be, of course, that you would um, start out with a letter. You would plan what you were going to write about. There was a reason why you were writing a letter. It wasn't just a stream of consciousness or a picture of your food or that you were going to go to the park today or anything like that. You had a particular purpose for why you were communicating in this manner. So letters, you write them out. They have a beginning. They have an end. They have a middle. And there are formats for writing letters. There's a formal letter. There's a quick letter. There's a postcard. There was a telegram. All of these different formulas were about how to actually write or compose this type of written communication. So now we text, right? And, in, and oftentimes we don't even use words anymore. We are back to the Egyptian hieroglyphics and you need to know what an emoji means because it's just, again, just like letters are symbols that convey communication, these emojis are the same kind of thing. And sometimes when I get emojis that are texted to me by my children, I write back, I have no idea what you're talking about. Please use English. Um, so again, this is something that when we write a letter, we're using real words, the whole word, not abbreviations of words like the letter U instead of writing out Y-O-U as there's that meme that says, I wonder what those people are doing with all that extra time they have now that they've used just you instead of typing out Y-O-U. But anyway, back to my back to my letter writing. So when you are writing a letter, you typically have to find a place to sit and not be interrupted. You are actually focused on this particular activity. 
um, it, it is a process, right? You have to organize your thoughts. You can start over. You can tear it up. You can not send it. You can send it. So again, we're we're writing a particular communication with a particular purpose. And we understand that there is a process to how this actually works. So let's just say that you have sat down, you have opened your letter appropriately, depending on your purpose, you've concluded your letter, and now you have put that letter into an envelope, which is what is required in order to use the U.S. mail service. You have to also write the address of the person that you are sending this letter to. And you also have to do this other thing, which is called an exchange of consideration. And that is what we also know as a stamp. Now, the prices of stamps have gone up significantly in the last 10 years. And we complain about how now a stamp is whatever, 51 cents or 59 cents. But when you really think about what you're paying for, for the service of delivery of your particular written communication, we should probably stop griping about that. Because if we had to do that, if I write a letter and I want to send it to somebody in Denver, which is only two states over, it would take me more than 20 hours to drive there. And that in my car would be very expensive in terms of gas, not to mention the time. And yet I am complaining about 51 cents to actually complete that task. And so again, this is one of those issues where we think that something should be so easy and right now and cheaper, but when you really break down what it costs to actually deliver a piece of paper two states over, it's not 51 cents in terms of time, energy, or money. So we have our letter, we've bought our stamp, we've put it on there, um, and now we have this expectation that that letter is going to be delivered, going to be delivered. Now, typically we don't expect that to be delivered in an hour. Um, and again, this is an expectation that we just have. We think that it's going to take at least 24 hours. And that is only recently before the pandemic. And even five years before that, it was pretty standard practice to expect a letter to take three days domestically to reach wherever you were going. And if you were going to do anything that has to do with airmail, that was anywhere not in the, the lower 48 states of the United States, that airmail, we could expect that could take anywhere from a week to 10 days to a month to arrive at its destination. That was an expectation that we had, that that was part of the process of delivering this communication. So once you mail this letter, it's sort of like hitting send on an email or a text message. You can't get it back because now it's the property of the U.S. mail service. And if you've ever tried to retrieve an email, you know that it goes through and the person gets a little note saying, I tried to retract this email because I made a mistake or I shouldn't have sent it to you or whatever, but you got it anyway. You can't cancel it. So this, again, this expectation is that you're not going to have this letter delivered unless you're willing to pay for that. That's a different thing. If you're paying to have someone deliver something, you know, within an hour, if you're using a messenger instead of the U.S. mail service, that's a whole different thing. Again, that's an exchange of consideration. So again, the desired outcome of your communication, your written communication with another person is that it is going to take time, even if it's just 24 hours now. 
again, you don't drop the letter into the post box and then call the postmaster general saying, why is my letter not arriving? Or where is my letter? You don't do that. You know that it's going to do that. It's going to take as long as it takes. Now, again, for those of us who didn't get raised with this idea of instant you know, accommodation, we understand that these things just take time. It's kind of like grits. When you cook grits, even if you cook them in the microwave, it still takes time to do that. So again, email and text messages have given us the idea that instant communication is a possibility. Now we know that not everybody responds instantly, but the communication itself can be felt or heard or seen anywhere on the planet almost instantly, even if there's only a few moments of delay. So when we think about expectations and manifestations, we have to realize that it takes a while for these things to happen. There's a natural process that goes along with waiting for our desired outcome to come to fruition. How do we do that waiting is something that is a practice, but it's really about expectation. If you believe that you should have an instant response, your food should be hot and ready to go by the time you get done parking or slowing down in front of the pay window, and now you're at the delivery window, that's an expectation that you have. And if you're forced to sit there and wait for your food or to pull into a parking place and wait for your food to get to you, it might take five more minutes, you could become very cranky about that. But again, this is about expectations. So if you expect that if you set a goal or you have a desired outcome that it's going to be achieved within a day or an hour or five minutes or five years, those are the expectations that are going to guide your sense of accomplishment or satisfaction or contentment. And that is really the crux of this podcast, that our expectations can be adjusted at any time. We know that if someone is meeting us somewhere for dinner and they're always late, our expectation is they're always going to be late. But if they're always on time, but they are late, we could become angry or frustrated. But as soon as they show up and they say there was an accident on the freeway, then we are, our anticipation, our expectation is again, relieved. We do not have the expectation that they should have been on time and what is wrong here. So. When you're looking at your desired outcomes, check your expectation. If your expectation is creating discord or anxiety or unhappiness in you, perhaps you need to adjust your expectation, not your desired outcome. Again, just something to think about that this is one of the ways that we live our lives now that wasn't necessarily so a decade ago. So is it your expectation or is it your desired outcome? Thanks for listening to my podcast. That's it for today. My name is Jay Caffarata. This is my podcast. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me, jay, J-A-Y, at asltraining.com. Thank you.